If you've been following me for a while, you've probably heard me talk about having anxiety through all of childhood and also into my adult years. Well, I recently discovered there might be a little bit more to it than meets the eye. You're listening to The Terry Holland Show, the podcast for high-performing entrepreneurs ready to take your life and your business to the next level. And if you want to get there faster, go to terryholland.ca. What I'm sharing with you today is my own coming to terms with something I have been curious about for a while, and that is my own ADHD diagnosis. And before we can get into how I got diagnosed and what I've learned along the way, I need to go back a few years. So I remember a few years ago starting to notice this trend of women my age, mostly entrepreneurs, in fact, all of them that I know are entrepreneurs, getting diagnosed with ADHD. And I remember thinking, you know, this just seems like a very convenient diagnosis. This seems like a good excuse for people to, you know, to explain their disorganization or their lack of focus. And all they really need are better strategies and better skills to cope with. I remember thinking as I read their posts and their memes about signs of ADHD, I remember thinking to myself, well, this is, this is me. Like I do all these things too. That is totally normal because I'm that way. Um, that should have been a big red flag. I even went over those things with my husband and I said, you know, I do all this stuff. And here's all these women saying they have ADHD, but uh, I do this stuff too. And because to me, that seemed like normal behavior. What I didn't realize that it's not normal behavior. And coming from a background in NLP, where NLP, you know, the, the attitude about ADHD in the NLP world is that it doesn't exist. And I would say now that it's because how ADHD has been labeled, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, that the label is the wrong label for what's actually happening for most people. So NLP looks at the language and the label around it and says, well, that's not real. Um, and, and what I realize now, it's because I... My belief, and I'm not a world expert in ADHD, but from what I've come to understand, the label isn't really the right words to describe what's happening in an individual who experiences these symptoms that have been labeled as ADHD. When I was growing up, ADHD was the boy in the class, you know, it was the, uh, the boy in class who couldn't sit still, who couldn't pay attention. It was you know, was that kid that was always disruptive, and they were usually boys. Now, suddenly, I'm seeing over the last few years, a bunch of my friends all getting diagnosed, a bunch of my female entrepreneur friends getting diagnosed with ADHD. And I thought, wow, this is really being overdiagnosed. And I thought, what a, con what a convenient way of making excuses for yourself if you have a diagnosis. And even one of my good friends came to me, probably about three years ago, to say that she was seeking a diagnosis in ADHD. And I said, well, that's just, you know, you're going to get what you're looking for. I remember saying that to her, you're going to get what you're looking for. And if you're looking for a diagnosis, you'll find it. But I think you just need some new strategies. 
Now cut to today. So what changed that made me go seek out a diagnosis? Well, I see, um, I see a lot of this happening in our current world situation with the pandemic. I think a lot of our coping strategies, how people who are neurodivergent were coping before the pandemic no longer work. And I think our masks have been coming down. I also see this trend and I've talked to my friend that I mentioned, who is now an ADHD coach. Uh, I've talked to her about this. Why are there so many women getting diagnosed? And I've been watching videos online and reading articles about this and reading journals about it. And what seems to be happening is that back when I was a kid, they didn't know how ADHD presented itself in girls. And it's quite different than it presents in boys. We weren't, we typically weren't the hyper kid. For me, and I realize now that this is very common of girls with ADHD, I was the quiet girl. I was super quiet. I was so quiet that every teacher conference, the teacher told my parents, Terry needs to learn to speak up more in class. Terry is too quiet. I was so quiet. And internally, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. And I was struggling to pay attention in class, but no one noticed because I was a well-behaved, good little girl who sat still and didn't speak. So no one knew that I was struggling to listen and to focus. Nobody noticed. And I'm lucky enough that I got through school with okay grades. I could have had much better grades if I was able to pay attention. Um, But I got through with okay grades because I'm fortunately gifted enough with a, a higher IQ that I could learn things with half paying attention. I could learn enough that I could do well on a test. And that got me through. That got me through school and I graduated. But it was a struggle to pay attention and it was a struggle. I, I did not live up to my potential as a student. I underperformed. And nobody noticed that there was a problem because back then they didn't know what they were looking for in girls. So now we have this generation of women my age who are getting diagnosed and it's not that it's being overdiagnosed as I previously thought. It's that they're finally recognizing how ADHD presents in women. So all of these women are now getting diagnoses and it's not, it's not unusual for people with ADHD to find other people with it. So when I was looking around going, why are all my friends getting diagnosed with this? What's going on? Um, It's because I was attracted to those friends because our brains work the same way. We think the same way. We, We process information similarly. So we attracted each other. So I'm surrounded by all these women with ADHD, not because of an over over number of diagnoses that's happening, not because it's being overly diagnosed, but because we just happened to find each other. And of course, we're all in the entrepreneur space because people with ADHD often gravitate towards entrepreneurship because we don't do as well in regular jobs. So how did I go from not believing it was real and thinking it was just an overdiagnosed excuse to coming to accept my own conditions and my own diagnosis. Well, a big part of it was listening to Shalene Johnson and on her podcast. 
So she talks a lot about how she was recently diagnosed with ADHD and, and she talks about her life with it, how she lives with ADHD, the strategies that she uses to manage her life. Because having ADHD is not an excuse to be lazy or disorganized or to not do certain things. It just means we need different strategies to do it. And from listening to her, I was introduced to the work of Dr. Amen and the Amen Clinics and started watching Dr. Amen's videos about ADHD. And he's the one I would love to have on this show at some point, if I can get him. And he talks about different types of ADHD. He debunks a lot of the myths about it. And he talks about things that we can put in place in our days to help us to function in a more strategic and productive way. Now, when I first started asking people around me, like, do you think I might have this? And I started talking about it. People were shocked because in my day-to-day business world, I can focus. And in fact, I would say I go into hyper-focus. One of the, I consider a gift of ADHD is being able to hyper-focus. So I can get really hyper-focused on my work. And I can get a lot done and be super productive. But what people don't see is the messy kitchen I can never seem to clean. The laundry that is never put away in my home. The piles of clothes where I have like the pile of clean clothes. I have the pile of like middle clothes. You know, they're not quite dirty yet, but they're not, you know, they've been worn once or twice. And then I have the dirty pile. And I never seem to put my clothes away. And if I do, I forget what I own. Once I can't see it, it it no longer exists. So these are the things people weren't seeing of my life. Now, last year, or this year, I guess, I turned 40. And it really started to affect me when I was looking around at my home and thinking, I'm 40 years old. When am I going to be an adult? I'm 40 years old. When am I going to learn how to take care of my home? And I say that not in terms of like some patriarchal concept of it's my job as a woman, because for the 17 years I've been with my husband, he has done the lion's share of the housework because I just don't. Um, So this isn't that I think it's my duty. I do think that it is my duty as a good partner to do my share. And I will admit, I'm the first to admit, I do not do my share because it's something that I struggle with. I think I had this idea somewhere in my head that by the time I got to 40, I'd figure it out. But here I'm at 40 and I still can't figure out how to keep things organized in my home. And so I started looking for answers. Why am I this way? Why do I struggle? If I think I'm going to clean the house today, it'll be six o'clock at night and I haven't done a thing all day because I've been stuck in this paralysis mode, sitting on the couch, thinking about, I have to do this. I have to do this. And there's some sort of disconnect between my brain and my body where I actually don't do it. And it's not that I don't want to because I really like having a clean house. But the task itself becomes so big and overwhelming in my mind, I can't actually get started. And so I started talking to my friends about it. And I had some friends who were very resistant and they were like, no, you can't possibly have it. And I had friends who said, I, you know, I don't think you do. I think you're just, you're like the way I thought, I think you're just making excuses for yourself. And I was like, no, you know, I used to think I made excuses. Now I think there's something more happening with me. So I sought out a doctor who specializes in ADHD 
And the first assessment was with his nurse practitioner. And she said, well, you know, I'm hesitant to diagnose you because you seem to be coping really well. Now, to me, coping is not the same as thriving. Coping is not thriving. Because of the work I do, I have really great strategies. I have some some really great strategies. They don't work in every aspect of my life. There are, are parts of my life I just couldn't seem to figure out. And I was getting exhausted by it. So she referred me on to the head doctor to be assessed by him. And when I had that assessment, he diagnosed me with inattentive ADHD. So I don't have the hyperactivity, which I think when I talked to most people in my life and I said, you know, I think I might have ADHD, they thought, well, you're not bouncing off the walls. Uh, You're pretty constrained. You don't have ADHD, but it's the inattentive part. I think I've mentioned on earlier shows that I don't drive and I've always told people I don't drive because I don't like driving. And that's the truth. I don't like it. The real truth, though, is that I don't believe I can focus. And as I started learning more about ADHD, I started to realize that that is not normal in and of itself, that I had this idea that I I can't focus long enough. And the thought in my head was that I would do something very dangerous on the road because I would get distracted by my own internal world. I have such an active imagination and an active internal world. I get distracted by it on a daily basis, several times a day. And the thought in my head was that if I'm driving a car, I'm not going to be able to pay enough attention to drive safely. And it wasn't that I didn't think I could do it. I took driving lessons. I know how to drive a car. I don't have an active license, but I can drive a car. And and I physically, it's not hard. But what is hard for me is to stay focused enough that I don't make a big mistake. So, and people have said to me, they're like, oh, well, it's fear. You're afraid of driving. I'm not afraid of driving. I don't think, it's not that I think I can't do it. Um, it's not an anxiety. It is a legitimate concern that I don't think my brain focuses enough to be able to drive safely. And so I have made a very rational and logical decision to not drive a car. And when I talked to the doctor about this, he said, that's a very clear sign of ADHD. So here I am today. I was diagnosed on Monday. After being diagnosed, I was very angry for a couple hours. I was very angry. I was very sad. And not angry that I was diagnosed. Angry that I'm 40 years old, looking back on my life so far, and realizing it could have been so much easier if I knew this a long time ago. It would have been so much easier. And I look back to how much I struggled in school and the beliefs that I developed because of that, for how long I believed that I was lazy, messy, or at the very best side of it, that I was just quirky, I was creative. You know, and I I love my life and I think I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to be doing in my life. I think I'm where I'm meant to be. And I believe my life worked out exactly as it was supposed to. And even if it didn't, either way, this is where I am. This is what is. But I had that that time of anger thinking, 
how much different would my life be? Would I be further ahead? Would it have just come easier? Would dealing with the ADHD, would that have stopped me from spending the first 30 years of my life in crippling anxiety? It just... And I know that my teachers didn't know what to look for back then, and my parents didn't know, and I did okay enough in school that no one really knew there was a problem, but I could have done so much better in school. So I wanted to share this with you because I know that I'm not alone. I know there are so many other women feeling like me, like, when am I going to grow up? When am I going to figure out how to do these things? How am I, when am I going to figure out how to take care of my day-to-day life? as an adult. And I'm here to tell you that if you feel any shame because of the stigma of getting diagnosed with this, don't let that stop you because there are so many resources for ADHD. And even if you don't want a formal diagnosis, that's okay. There are still so many great resources and Dr. Amen has a lot of them. And so does Shalene Johnson. They have tons of great resources. I will, I'll link Dr. Amen's website in the show notes, because he has lots of great resources, things you can do, supplements to take, nutritional tips, sleep tips, things that can help you manage your day-to-day life so that you can organize your life. You can work with your brain instead of against it. And I want to finish on this note that I, and this is my, my own opinion, again, I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. But I am an expert in human behavior and neuro-linguistic programming. And I've had to face that side of it, of why can't, why can't I just do better? I have so many tools. And those tools have helped me tremendously. That's why the first practitioner I talked to wasn't confident diagnosing me. Not at first. But what I've come to realize for myself, what I believe, is that the label ADHD is the wrong label to describe a certain set of conditions. I believe that what we call ADHD and the different types of ADHD, that these are brain types, just like we have different blood types, just like we have personality types. We have different brain types. And by learning what your brain type is, You know what strategies you need to work with your brain, not against it. And for anyone who still believes, like I used to, that ADHD is not real and doesn't exist, there are brain scans that show that ADHD is a different brain than someone who's neurotypical. Dr. Amen does SPECT scans where he has scanned the brains of I don't know how many people and he can clearly identify an ADHD brain. Not only that, the specific types of ADHD by looking at a brain scan and where the activity in the brain is focused. So if you have it, if you do have ADHD and you're listening, um, you know, I would love to hear from you and hear what your journey with it has been. If you're like me and you're starting to wonder, do I have ADHD? Well, you can get tested. If you don't want to get tested, you don't have to. There's lots of great tools you can still use that will help you find strategies to focus, to be present, to get your stuff done. You can still do that. And if you're feeling like I was again, and 
and you're questioning if maybe you have it and you are afraid to reach out, um, reach out to me. You can reach out to me. I am someone who's gone through the gamut of it doesn't exist to, oh my God, that is me. And the reason I identify with all these women posting about ADHD is because I'm one of them. And I think that this behavior is normal, but it's not normal. It's not typical behavior. It's different. And my last thought on this is I think that having ADHD gives us a lot of opportunity. I think it gives us some superpowers and some ways of working and thinking that aren't available to neurotypical people. So on that note, I'm going to sign off here. Thank you for listening. Um, this was a this was a hard one to talk about. And, and I'm so glad that I did. So if you if you need someone to talk to about it, and you're kind of like, where do I start? Or is this me? Or, or maybe you have friends and family telling you it's not real. Um, reach out to me. I'll talk to you. So I hope you all have a fantastic day. And I look forward to talking with you again soon. Bye for now.